Welcome everybody to Dropping Keys, conversations and insights about life, leadership, love, and whatever the heck else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your co-conspirator and head of key exploration. What you've just gotten into, what you've just opened up is an A volume. It's an extension of the previous conversation where I take a deep dive into one or more of the keys dropped in that conversation. In this case, this is a compliment to volume one with co-conspirator Ethan Chandler. So this is volume one A. But let me back up. This whole podcast is centered around a poem by Hafez, who's a 14th century mystic and poet, and it's called Dropping Keys. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. So if you haven't listened to volume one with Ethan, I encourage you to, of course, and, or at least to the last few minutes where Ethan and I get into a conversation about wishes dreams, and destiny. As a person and as a gym owner, Ethan began to notice that people had wishes, such as, I wish I could lose 30 pounds, or I wish I could find someone to love. Then there were goals, actually written down targets with tasks and outcomes attached. He found that sometimes wishes might become goals, and what he's really searching for right now is a way to help people make that transition. But then we got into destiny. Destiny is a big, big word. In ancient times and up to today, many people believe their destiny is in the hands of God or the gods or fate or something else beyond and completely out of their control. Almost like a classic Greek tragedy like Oedipus Rex, where even when someone knew their destiny and actively works to change it, they're powerless to do so. Some other people believe that their destiny is completely within their control, that they can manifest whatever they want simply by thinking about it enough. Well, as Ethan talked about dreams, goals, and destiny, it occurred to me the way he spoke of destiny had deep ties to another complex word and subject, identity. I even quipped at one point, destiny is identity and identity is destiny. And okay, wow, we're really diving deep into a deep pool because identity is as deep as it can go. If you just Google it and start looking around about, well, what is identity? How do we get our identity? All of those kinds of questions. You know, is our identity purely wrapped up in our DNA? Is it strictly formed by our environment? Is it within our control? Is it not? Is there some combination? Can we change our identity? Well, so what are we going to talk about today? Dreams, goals, destiny, and now identity. Well, I'm not talking about identity politics, that's for sure. That's not the point of this podcast today. And I'm not. I'm not really going to get into the DNA nurture debate. That's, that's beyond the scope of what I don't want to do here. But this uh, subject is deep. It's complex. And of course, for each one of us, it's personal. And you may not know me yet, 
But the issue of identity is deeply rooted in my life story. So I was born in a Midwestern town, small Midwestern town in Northwestern Nebraska. And we had a dairy farm and we worked hard. And my parents are still alive, still married to each other, which is pretty rare for someone who um, is, comes from my generation. And so I had this very stable upbringing, um, you know, very good, very solid, very Midwestern in that way and good, hard work ethics, all those kinds of things. And then um, I made a decision that really changed the, the, the course of my life. I got married at 18. And by 20, I was divorced. And by 21 and a half, I had survived two suicide attempts. And as part of that, I'd gotten some pretty serious treatment, but came out of a facility at one point after being a, a week in a facility where they'd stabilized me with no treatment plan and no medication. They said, oh, you're stable, you can go. So I went on living my life and then later on, when I went to graduate school, I got diagnosed clinically depressed. Well, go figure, right? I mean, someone who tries to take their life twice especially in my case, probably has some depression going on. So, you know, my doctor's like, well, here's a pill, go find a therapist, good luck. And that's sort of how mental health goes today in this country. And that's not the point of this podcast, but maybe someday we'll get into that. And so I spent the next 15 years um, clinically depressed, taking meds, sometimes going to therapy, sometimes not, sometimes feeling better, most of the time not. I got married again, I had kids, started new jobs, moved. Everything on the outside looked pretty good, pretty normal, pretty successful. Uh, but on the inside, things were not great. Uh, I really was battling all the time for 15 years as I look back. And so finally, I, at one point, about nine years ago, I, uh, I just decided that I needed to, to go to my doctor and, and share what was really going on. And so my doctor said, okay, well, let's, let's mix up the drug cocktail. Let's try it. Let's try some different medications. And something inside of me snapped. Something inside of me just said, absolutely not. I'm so tired of feeling this way. And, the, and it's not medication that's going to make the difference. And around that time, I'm sure you've heard of this guy's name, Tony Robbins. I, I started encountering a little bit of his teachings, and I didn't know what to make of, of Tony Robbins. And, and in some ways, I still don't, even though I've been trained by him uh, and his company as a coach and, and have gone on to in my own coaching practice and, and all that sort of thing. That sort of set me, this sort of set me on the path to becoming a coach. But he had a teaching about identity, and he basically claimed that you could change your identity. You just needed to make a decision and change your identity. And then you had to back it up. You had to back it up with daily practices to, to inculcate, to, to plow the field of that particular identity. And I was like, well, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I believe this guy. I don't know um, if this works, but you know what? It, what do I have to lose? I spent 15 years following a protocol which hasn't really worked. So what's, What's a couple more years of, of doing something like this? So I, so I decided 
I decided like right within that period that I was no longer clinically depressed. I was never going to call myself that. I was never going to identify that way because I'd owned that identity. I'd put that on my forehead, clinically depressed. And what do clinically depressed people do? They're depressed. They don't feel good. Every time something happens, they go to a bad place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So from that day forward, I said, okay, I'm no longer going to be depressed. Well, what does a person who's not clinically depressed do? Who is this person? What does this person do? So I started to begin to develop a, at, the, what, at the time then was a morning routine that began to train my mind to think differently at every juncture. And I won't lie to you, it was not easy. I mean, I'd spent my whole, maybe my whole life thinking in these ways, feeling in these ways. And so I had to slowly and surely take that dream of being a not clinically depressed person and move it into the goal of becoming this person that I wanted to be. And so I focused on choosing my identity. And I'll say nine years later, I'm a different person. Uh, through all the practices that I've had, and I could go into that, but I won't here, um, I, I've definitely become more resilient. I've definitely become more positive. I've definitely become uh, more patient, more kind, more compassionate. And all of those things that I've wanted to do, I've, I've um, become a, a person who, who keeps promises. I've become a person to myself, especially. You know, that's one of the big things and one of the keys I'll drop here is if you want to develop confidence, you just need to start keeping promises to yourself. I don't care if it's I'll, I'm going to get up when the alarm goes off in the morning. You keep that promise in the morning and take that as a win and really put that in your mind as a win and you start doing that day after day after day after day. If you miss one, it's not going to be a big deal because you're going to say, well, that's not my identity. That's not who I am. Every once in a while, I might miss one, but who cares? Because that's not who I am. Tomorrow, I'll get up and it'll be fine. And so, and so I, I began to change my identity. And I focused on the fact that identity now is it's not material things. Material things might be an expression of your identity, but it's not how much money you make or what kind of car you drive that says that determines who you are. Those things are more like expressions of who you are in some ways. It's more like this. Here are some things about identity. I keep promises. I tell the truth. I develop deep relationships. I care for my body, mind, and soul. Those kinds of things are things that inform identity. Now, those are things that I think about. You need to begin to, to figure those out for yourself. Until I started keeping promises to myself, I was at the whim of others' expectations. I was always trying to please and trying to become what other people thought I should be. And I had to choose my identity. I had to choose what that was. And I had to choose against this clinically depressed label that I had taken on for so many years because somebody else gave it to me. And that's the other teaching I guess I would have here on identity is don't let other people tell you who you are. Don't let your parents, don't let your spouse, don't let your kids, don't let culture tell you who you are. Now, you may be limited by DNA for physical things that you can achieve, perhaps, but you can go much farther than you can ever imagine. You just 
There are all kinds of stories about that, and that's fine. But to really have and to create your own identity, which then leads to destiny, we'll talk about that in a little bit, you've got to decide. And you've got to decide each and every day who you're going to be, who you're going to choose to be, how you're going to choose to respond to things. When I finally quit wishing I wasn't depressed and decided I would never identify myself as clinically depressed again, then and only then could I begin to put goals around it. I had to decide where I was going, at least in some general direction, before I could begin to put goals around it. And then I had to bring partners around me to help me. Now, I did it a lot myself. I got a lot of training. That's my coaching training and all the coaching training I've done since then has really informed a lot of that, that I brought people in to help me and keep me accountable. And then until I put goals around it, Again, I was at the mercy of whatever forces I let influence me or whatever societal cultural expectations I tried to live up to. So now let's talk about destiny. So destiny, as it relates to identity, is not just the future. Your destiny is now and it's not yet, to use a phrase. How you live today, what you think, what you do, what you give your time to, what you give your money to is an expression of and shapes your identity, which then informs your destiny. Think about that for a minute. What you do today is an expression of your identity, but it also can shape and form your identity. And it shapes and forms your destiny. Now, just for a moment, let's go back to Ethan. And let's talk about Renee for a second. They were together since high school. And when he talked about destiny, this was one of the most powerful parts of destiny that he talked about. We will be married to each other. I will be married to Renee my entire life. I mean, he, he just says it with a resoluteness that most people don't talk about their relationships like that. That's destiny. He's decided that's the destiny because his identity is I'm a person who stays married. I'm a person who works it out with my spouse, no matter what happens. That's a powerful identity. And that's led to their destiny of being together for so, so long. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing that is. So now, just ask you to turn inward, perhaps, and begin to ask yourself, where do I, because how do, how do you begin to maybe figure some things out? Think about, well, what wishes do I have? What, what, what wishes have come up for me over and over and over again that I haven't done anything about? Or, what are the things about yourself that you're not particularly joyful about, not particularly happy about, or, or things that are just perennial issues that, that you maybe think you can't do anything about? And just begin to sort of catalog those and, and, and keep, keep a journal or keep a list of those for, for a while, maybe a couple of weeks. Maybe take five minutes every day and just write those down and just see, see what continues to come up. And then ask yourself, what kind of person would I need to be? How would I need to act? How would I need to think? How would I need to think about myself if those wishes had come true? 
if I were the person that those, that those wishes are pointing to. And then if I were that person, what could I begin to do today to cultivate this new identity, these new practices that are going to shape and form my identity and my destiny? And then what goals and tasks do I need to put in place? What partners do I need to have to hold me accountable? I know this seems, I mean, it's pretty simple stuff, but as it relates to identity, as it relates to the core of who you are, it becomes less about just getting in shape. And it becomes about how you live in relationship with people, how you, how you live on the earth, how you care for people, how you care for yourself, what your priorities are. It's all wrapped up together in your identity. And I firmly believe that you need to choose your identity because not only does it shape and form your destiny, it shapes and forms the destiny of those around you. And now, if your destiny has anything to do with physical fitness and you're close to Richmond, Virginia, I might have a guy I can recommend. Hey, thanks for listening to Volume 1A of Dropping Keys, Dreams, Goals, and Destiny. You can always find me at joelmorgan.com or at joelmorgancc on Facebook and Instagram. You can find my book every single day on my website or on Amazon. Uh, drop me a note if this podcast connected with you. You can do that through the website. And I leave you with this. May the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself.